In your head more often than Charles Xavier, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcasting Network, where we talk about the new events in the world of comic book sequential art, the movies and TV based upon them, and where we have every week our special superhero spotlight, where we talk about a given character and their long storied history. I'm your host, Henry Yobert, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter. Hey, and that's Chris Antista sighing at my long-windedness. Was, it was more you interrupting yourself with the sound effects. <laughs> and uh, Brad Elston's also here. I can't believe people could possibly understand your Twitter handle with that fanfare yeah. playing over it. <laughs> Maybe that's why I've topped out it. Uh, just kind of plateaued with <laughs> followers. And uh, Dave, yeah. run the walking Dave. Can you? Oh, get- man, I was like... Not even so, uh, like. Can you get one more, long. one more effective? I want, I want it to be long enough. I get for my whole tour handling. At D A V E R. Dave. At D A V E R U D D E N. There we go. Uh, how about this, Brelston? Yeah. See how easy that was. All right, hey guys. Well, welcome to this week's episode. We've got a dilly of a show planned for you here. So first off... I can tell. Uh, we've got the superhero spotlight about a certain X-Man. Then in the next segment, we are going to be having our spoiler chat about X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, Dave did not see it. The rest of yeah. us did. We have opinions. As I promise. And yes, uh, that we, it was all thanks to Brett pushing for us to see it on this uh, 11 a.m. $7 showing, which nice. by San Francisco's standards is basically a free movie uh and then we'll also be talking about the news what you've been reading and ask hank question of the week all that stuff so much fun planned ahead here and that begins with a super spotlight collect your hero and we're going to begin with charles xavier's favorite student his first student the hero of the x-men and some would say the wettest blanket in the marvel universe (laughs) Cyclops, a.k.a. Scott Summers. Let's say we listen. Energy blast, huh? Here's one from a pro. Yeah. I remember that. I love the sound effect of him, of his optic blast in the, in the 90s cartoon. If you just, just want that, that's the, all this video as I found it. It's just his optic beam being shot. God, it's such a cool sound effect. It's, it's, it's Lucas-esque. Yeah. It's very Star Wars-y. But it's very specific. Stop! Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, I can listen to that all day. Scott Summers. Anyway, Scott Summers. Yes, he is back in the zeitgeist, I guess, because he is a main character in X Men Apocalypse. After kind of taking a backseat in X Men, every movies. single mo- X Men movie. Yes, and I bet in the next X Men movie he won't be that important there either. Probably but, not. Uh, so that is Scott Summers first appeared in X Men Number One, along with all the other core original X Men. Uh, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, August 1963. And he was the original leader and the first member of Xavier's school. He is a hyper-trained fighter, like, just close to Batman level. Like, he lives in the danger room. He is a very, like, tight-knit dude. And one of his things is that he just trains so much. There was a great scene to show what a badass he could be in a comic about ten years ago. I remember where guys knocked off his glass and they're like, Psh, you can't even... fight us now Mm -hmm. and he then beats them all up blind just like awesome kung fu moves because (laughs) of course he would train for that but his real power is the concussive optic blast that shoot (laughs) out of his head because his head is basically a solar battery that soaks up uh 
solar rays that then shoot out of his eyes. Well, wasn't it also, on, or was this retconned there? His eyes are pocket dimension. Or a window, I believe win- that has been retconned. Okay, yes. windows to another dimension that project energy. Yes. Eyes are the window to the soul. <laughs> well, it had also been retconned that originally had a uh, childhood brain yeah. trauma that caused him to be unable to control it. Normally, Cyclops' eyes are closed. They're not shooting out. It's a mental thing. They're yeah. always shooting, but his brain knows, I can't shoot my eyelids off or else I will die or I'll just lose my eyes anyway. But otherwise, he is always wearing ruby quartz in front of his eyeballs yeah. to stop them from blasting Favorite out. Favorite gem on Steven Universe. And yeah, uh, well, She is the best. But it's also, uh, I think at one point, it's like him and his brother, Havoc, Alex yes. Summers, their powers don't work on each other. Yeah. So I think their powers just don't hurt themselves. So mm-hmm. when he closes his eyes, it's like, oh, it's not going to be. Their powers don't work on one another? That's classic uh, mutant rules sure. that brothers or sibling powers don't work on each other. Though that's not the same as like, hey, I have claws that cut stuff. Right, like, right, right. that will cut people. But it is more like energy blasts. The other uh, version I always remember is that Banshee's screams don't mm. work on Black Tom. Huh. And Black Tom's shillelagh blasts don't work <laughs> on. They are such Irish stereotypes. Just a, <laughs> I'm the Banshee, who I totally, until there was a one-off line, uh, not even about him in X-Men Apocalypse, I forgot, like, oh yeah, he was in first class. Anyway, back to uh, Scott. He's also the moral compass of the team, nicknamed Slim, and usually the leader of the X-Men, as he was in those first issues when they took on Magneto, the Juggernaut, the Vanisher, and lesser known. Unis the Untouchable. Yeah, Unis the Untouchable. And in that uh, team up, he also had a crush on Jean Grey, the newest member at the time, Marvel Girl. But he also knew that Warren Worthington III had a thing for her. And at first he was afraid to make his move, but eventually got the balls together to do it. As would be retcon later, though, his youth began like he was a happy kid, the Summers family, with his brother Alex. Uh, and then his, If you wanted to tap out, now's the time. This is, it's <laughs> because it's about already. to get nuts. Well, simply as... Him and his brother were in with their parents in a plane, and the parents throw them out of the plane <laughs> with the last parachute, and the parents die in a plane crash. That's classic Marvel origin. That's his, right. But what really happened was the mother. The, yes. No, the mother didn't die. No, the mother did die. I believe so. But then Corsair, his father, became Corsair, the Starjammer pilot who is an outer space, basically Han Solo type, mm-hmm. except in a swashbuckler costume who fights the Shi'ar Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then meanwhile, of course, Scott Summers doesn't, doesn't go to any old orphanage. He ends up being held captive at Mr. Sinister's orphanage where he gets experimented on and separated from his brother Alex, who he thinks he'll never see again. If I'm elected, I will. first thing I will do is shut down Mr. Sinister's orphanage. <laughs> when I think back to stuff like that, of they fill in all this backstory to make characters more important later. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, I was there when you were five. Like... That makes every superhero have the craziest childhood that's ever happened. Yeah. And it, it always reminds me of the Venture Brothers had the joke about that and when they said Monarch, when Hank Venture finds out that the Monarch, their arch enemy, went to college with Dr. Venture, he says, where was this? Super crazy no-way school? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, later on in the original X-Men run, he, he would find his brother, Alex. Havoc would join the team as well as him starting to date Jean Grey. But as we talked about in other X-Men superhero spotlights, 
the X-Men became unpopular, their books kind of disappeared, and when the X-Men got a new chance with Giant Size X-Men number 1 in 1975, Cyclops was the only original X-Men who was still active, and he was working with his good buddy Charles Xavier to put back together a new team to save the rest of the team from Krakoa, the living island. And so that's when they got together... All the X-Men we actually care about, yeah. Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Storm. Yeah. When the best got, ones. Yeah, the best ones. No, sorry, sorry, Beast. I love you, Beast, but, you know, you you can't compare to the second gen. But uh, So once they do save him from Krakoa, all the original X-Men except for Cyclops quit because Cyclops is like, I owe it to the school. I've got to be their top student and teach this new generation. And so that leads to the original run by Claremont and John Byrne Ooh. where is so great and Cyclops is in a great role for him where he is I was gonna Cyclops to me was the X-Man yeah I mean yeah. I, I met Wolverine well outside of X-Men mm-hmm. and it was nice that he was on the X-Men team but if you thought of X-Men you used to think of Cyclops and only when we grew up and became cynical and overthought <laughs> things that we say Cyclops is boring but like not when we were little right no we, I love Cyclops no, I thought he was great I mean I loved his costume I loved playing him as in video games yeah. like but I think there uh, other people in our generation did think of him as the boring he's one ex- the he Leonardo exactly like Captain America except he never got an overhaul yeah Pretty much that. Well, he he would later. I'll get to it. But well, so he had the excuse of like, oh, he's from the forties. He's antiquated. Like, <laughs> well, he gets a heel turn, but he doesn't yeah, get a, he yeah. doesn't get like a realistic modern take yeah. on Cyclops. Well, but so anyway, so he's leading the team. There's great scenes where he's you know they all want to fight Magneto, and he's telling them, yeah. "You guys don't have a chance against Magneto. We retreat now. Like, yeah, let's man. get out of here." Uh, and he also though went through uh, tough times in X Men number one hundred and seven. He meets his father Corsair while they're fighting the Shi'ar, and he though only at the time does Jean Grey know that's his father. And they they were only allowed they put them in there because the artist Dave Cockrum loved <laughs> he created he created the Star Jammers and really wanted them in the book he was drawing. And Chris Claremont said, "But it makes no sense; they're not connected to the X Men." And so they said, "Fine, he'll be." Uh, Scott's dad and that'll make the connection work Uh, but then right after that battle with the Shi'ar his girlfriend Jean Grey is taken over by the Phoenix Force and seemingly changed irrevocably and uh, though they kind of get back together though the Hellfire Club gets in the way too but just when it seems like they're going to get married boom the Dark Phoenix Saga happens she loses control of her powers the Shi'ar Empire has her executed and as much as Scott tried to stop it and just he's reaching out his hands and tears are coming down his visor it's like gee no but she's she's gone seemingly in his guilt he quits the X-Men briefly uh, and while away he meets a young woman named Madeline Pryor who looks exactly like Jean Grey and I think if you were to write it now people would say like um, that's kind of you know do you talk to your therapist about that this if, yeah. it's, if it's healthy for you to start dating and then quickly marrying a woman who looks just <laughs> like Jean Grey well she basically is her yeah <laughs> but he quit in uh, X-Men 138 it's a classic there's like four classic covers in a row of Uncanny X-Men and Dark Phoenix Saga mm. the Dark Phoenix grabbing the yeah. logo yeah. the the picture of Scott and her in her classic Marvel Girl costume and, yeah. uh, and then the other and the next issue is Cyclops walking away from the mansion with a duffel bag over his shoulder like ah oh, it's over man uh, so he gets with Madeline Pryor 
has a son named Nathaniel. And at the time, Madeline is getting mad that he seems to be coming back to the X-Men. And so then he has a fight against Storm, who, even though she didn't have powers at the time, Storm beats him and becomes the new leader of the X-Men, first ever woman leading the X-Men team. And Cyclops is like, well, then I guess I'll just retire. Unfortunately for Madeline and their marriage, Jean Grey wasn't dead after all. And the Phoenix that everybody knew wasn't even Jean Grey, but was an outer space force that took on the body and uh, mannerisms of Jean Grey and pretended to be her. Jean Grey is uh, back from the dead. Madeline Pryor is like, what the fuck, man? And Scott rejoins the team with the rest of the original X-Men and Jean X-Factor. That's when they start fighting Apocalypse. And around that time, Madeline Pryor dies and is then cloned by Mr. Sinister and becomes the Goblin Queen, who then when she finds uh, she has a moment of clarity and kills herself, that the Goblin Queen would be back. And then they were fighting apocalypse and at the time apocalypse infected cyclops's baby boy nathaniel with a techno-organic virus now there's no cure for it at that point in time so what are you gonna do you obviously send the baby into the future to be raised by future people and that baby that no one (laughs) grew up to be cable that is cable though that wouldn't be revealed for like another seven years yeah Though they fight Mr. Sinister, thinks he kills Mr. Sinister. That's when he also finds out that Mr. Sinister was his uh, was the guy who ran his orphanage, yeah. Nathaniel Essex. X-Factor disbands. He rejoins the X-Men full-time, as do the other X-Factor members. They're split into two teams, blue and gold. Scott is the leader of the blue team in X-Men number one, the amazing Jim Lee gatefold cover. That's when the Jim Lee redesign came with a buckle and the yellow underpants, the classic design we know from the X-Men animated series. And And if you played fighting games, that's... Yeah, same uh, like X Men versus Street Fighter, Children of the Atom, all that. I love it. I mean, look, it is a lot of buckles, sure. and it is yellow underwear over blue bodysuit, and sure. that's latex. Like maybe it is silly, but that is Cyclops to me. Like yeah. I love. He needs all that stuff. Like he needs all those buckles to. I had the toy of him. It was my. I had multiple Cyclops toys, but that one was my favorite. You can even see the detail of like the how the his gloves were buckled together. Yeah, uh, it was so great. Uh, but so his time leading the X-Men didn't go so great. He did find out Cable was his son, uh, who is old enough to be his father. <laughs> Cable is at that time. He contemplates cheating on Jean with Psylocke, but does not. And then marries Jean Grey. And then Onslaught happens. And when Onslaught happens, Professor Xavier manifests this giant monster that almost destroys the world. They beat him, but ex- but mutants are hated more than ever. And... Charles Xavier is rendered rendered powerless and disappears, so Scott takes over running the X-Men for a time. And even when Xavier comes back, Cyclops' level of status kind of stays around the same. That's also when the Apocalypse storyline happens with the Twelve, where Cyclops is able to defeat him by... He is the body that Apocalypse's soul goes into, and then they tell them to kill that body they don't kill that body and then eventually gene gray excises apocalypse's soul out of cyclops and cyclops is back to normal and at the same time around that same time gene gray and cyclops travel into that future where nathaniel was left and they raise him for 12 years and so he actually gets the childhood like he retroactively in the future gets the childhood he was originally denied oh god all right that brings us to the new x-men era by grant morrison 
Uh, he takes on an even more leadership role, but it's also where he's not enjoying his marriage to Jean Grey anymore. He is having a mind uh, tryst with the White Queen at that time, while also becoming more of a leader than ever. I think Grant Morrison definitely wanted to make Cyclops a fun leader again. It still didn't really work, but he, he tried his best, and that's when he began his relationship with the White Queen. Jean Grey dies, and is pretty much stayed dead since then i think well okay more yes there's time traveling characters but right more or less that yeah. gene gray has never come back and when that gene got killed by a guy named zorn who was pretend well no uh, zorn's yeah. twin brother who was pretending to be zorn who was pretending to be ah. magneto killed that gene gray yeah uh then cyclops decides he's on the precipice of closing the school xavier's gone but then White Queen convinces him to keep open the the Xavier School, and that the two that he and White Queen will be the leads of the school, and they put together the astonishing X Men team in the mm-hmm. Joss Whedon run, and it was Cyclops's drive to make the team more superhero seeming instead yeah. of wearing leather jackets. Yeah, this is a weird interlude yeah. where the movies started influencing the comics, and their mm-hmm. costumes became much more like poofy jackets and leather looking modernish look yeah. and then astonishing x-men was a you know response to that of like a famous panel where cyclops says like we have to astonish them yeah them being the people like they, they see we're us wearing in, masks again. We're not, yeah, yeah we have to look exceptional and then mm-hmm. you get a big great uh cassidy <laughs> gatefold like opening Show some of and i'll tell i'll tell you guys once again like if you uh you listeners once again if you're looking for a place to start with the x-men there is no good place, but if you want a good X-Men story, just read all the Astonishing books. Like, that is yeah. a great beginning-to-end X-Men story. The 2000, like, 2000-whatever, because there's 90s Astonishing X-Men. Oh, also. yeah, sorry. So I mean, only the ones written by Josh Whedon yes. with art by John Cassidy. Like, 1 through 25. and yeah. So, things seem to be on the upswing for the mutants, and then M-Day happens during the House of M story. No more mutants is said by Scarlet Witch, and there aren't, and there's only 198 mutants left. And that's around the same time where Scott finds out that Xavier kept a third Summers brother secret from him. <laughs> and that brother, named Vulcan, had seemingly died on Krakoa on the mission and that his mind had been wiped of it by Xavier. A wow. pretty fucked up thing of Xavier to do. Wow. This was the beginning of Xavier's not as great as you think he yeah. is type stories. Well, they find Vulcan. He is an Omega-level mutant who uh, whips the ass of the whole X-Men and then flies in outer space to obviously become the new leader of the Shi'ar and depose the mm-hmm. uh, the Empirics, the, not the Empirics, uh, the, the Empress, and takes over and eventually explodes in outer space in a fight with Black Bolt. Duh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Cyclops can't forgive Xavier for that, and he's like, this isn't your school anymore. Get out. This is mine now. And he's done with them. And then, around that same time, the first new mutant is born, Hope. Ah, uh, yeah. And there's a big battle over her in this Messiah Messiah War, I believe it was called. And she eventually gets the sent into the future thing, too, and is trained by Cable. Then comes back and is one of the top students in Scott Summers' school for the X-Men. That's also when he takes them and moves them to an island in San Francisco. They leave New York City. Uh, they battle Madeline Pryor again. Then comes the Schism story, which, Dave, you've read. Where Wolverine oh, and yeah, Cyclops yeah. disagree one. over how militantly the children are being trained. Yeah. Wolverine's like, this should be a school. We should be teaching these kids things and let them be kids. 
Cyclops says, there's only 198 of us left, and the rest of the world wants to kill us. They need to be warriors. Which seems like such a role reversal. Yeah, I think that's what, I mean, I think that's yeah. where they think the story is there. That, yeah. like, you see you see how much both characters have changed. Yeah, yeah, Wolverine yeah. has softened while Scott Summers has gotten a lot more militant. Like, that became his character. Yeah. By where did this point. happen in comparison to Marvel Civil War? Oh, kind of... the X-Men kind of sat out yeah. Civil War. Yeah. when they... Schism's like a little after Civil War, Yeah, I'd say it was about four four of our years after yeah. Civil Because House of M is 05, but Civil War is 06. 06. Then there was World War Hulk, which yeah. they weren't that involved in. And Messiah Complex, and then uh, the move to San Francisco, then Schism. So, yeah, yeah. that's like four, four years after, yeah. I'd say. And, uh, yeah, then Schism happens. Wolverine moves back to New York. But Cyclops stays in San Francisco, keeps training his team. Then the Phoenix Force comes a-calling, trying to take over Hope, and instead is divided between five mutants, Cyclops as the leader of the Phoenix Force, and the X-Men and Avengers team up to try to take him down. They do, but not before Cyclops, under the power of the Phoenix, kills Charles Xavier. Yeah, he basically gets corrupted in, like, if there's a dark Phoenix saga, this is like a dark Cyclops saga. Yes, he yeah. gets He goes mad with power. and He does. He get, And they try to take over the world and eventually get killed. And the mutant, uh, the Phoenix Force, is spread out to bring back mutants. And uh, no more mutants is undone, if ever so briefly, because that's not the case now. But... <laughs> For a time, it seemed like, oh, good, there's finally going to be new mutants. I thought Marvel seemed to have a rule that there wouldn't be anymore because then Fox could put him in a movie. Uh, anyway, so Cyclops becomes a fugitive at that point after killing Xavier, joins up with Magneto, the White Queen, and a few other of the new mutants they've found. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Hank McCoy, Beast, says, if I could only bring Scott's past self to now to tell him what a dick he's been, he'd stop being a dick. So Beast brings the original five X-Men when they were teens into the future. The present. Now, the the present, present, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't go the way they had hoped because then the old X-Men decide to side with old Cyclops. Though also young Cyclops... Uh, he breaks up with Jean Grey because Jean Grey doesn't like the Cyclops he's become and doesn't like seeing that they she's fated to be with Scott and so then she kind of like rebels against that and starts dating other people including Beast uh, and then meanwhile they go Cyclops goes in outer space young Cyclops eventually spends some time with the Star Jammers in outer space while old Cyclops does his best to try to bring together what's left of the mutants and he does but then Secret Wars happens in Secret Wars, Cyclops is one of the few mutants that got to survive the universe changing, and he was on the ship in Doom's world, but he was taken over by the Phoenix Force again. And then he has his neck snapped by Doom, basically just as proof of how powerful Doom is. that he, right. In that world, he trumped the Phoenix Force, even. Of course, that all gets undone at Secret Wars' end. The world reboots, and... This has just been something that's been talked about after the time skip in all new, all different Marvel. But that Scott, old Scott, tried to fight the Inhumans because the Inhumans' Terrigen Mist was killing mutants. He tries to fight them and has seemingly been killed. And the world is like, man, fuck Cyclops. Scott Summers is the worst. I'm glad he's dead. Meanwhile, the young Scott Summers is having to live with that legacy while still working with the all new, all different X-Men team. And uh, that's pretty much where we're at now with old with old Cyclops in the comics. Though, 
I didn't see a body, so I'm doubting old Cyclops is yeah, definitely like, that. Uh, of all that, like Xavier's still gone. Yeah, Xavier and is. And Cyclops is still gone. That's been a, a year now, I think. Yeah. And, and, and Jean is still gone. Yep. So a lot of this stuff has remarkably stayed yeah. in the case. I mean, it'll all get undone. But that whole era of the kids being brought from the 60s was called All New X-Men from, like, I forget what year that started. Probably 2012. Yeah, it was right after AVX. So yeah, yeah, so AVX is 2012, and then... That uncanny X-Men with Cyclops basically as a bad guy, more or less, mm-hmm. uh, kind of just on the run. Like, that that whole run is great. I was reading yeah. Uncanny every month and all new X-Men every month, and they, they pair together well. And while it's a status quo that's gone, that's the case with every X-Men story you'll ever read. Mm-hmm. It's a status quo that's been undone. Um, but that was a really fun run just to see Cyclops, like, when he... Is that it is most Magneto-y. Yeah, yeah. And I like that he's he's turned from Xavier's perfect student to Magneto's confidant. Like, yeah. I, I like that as a, a nice arc for his character to have taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was famously played by James Marsden in the films, though his role shrunk every film <laughs> after his first one. And James Marsden, I think that was good well, casting. Famous mostly for getting his car stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is such a dweeb in, in X-Men 2 and then X-Men 3 is in about five minutes of it and it explodes. And uh, I, I just don't think Brian Singer cares much for Cyclops. Yeah. Uh, he also had met several animated appearances to our generation. He's best known for his Lee as a lead character on the 92 X-Men, which was pretty much how how most people think of him i think uh, though also he was pretty good in the pride of the x-men special which you can watch on our patreon along with us so mm-hmm. join up on the patreon he appeared in many x-men games and is especially known for his optic blasts filling up the screen in many a capcom fighter mm-hmm. and now he's being played by ty sheridan who was most famous uh, i guess he first appeared in Terrence Malick's um, Time is Boring. What's the name of that movie, Chris, with Brad Pitt? The Terrence Malick film, Time is Really Boring. Tree of Life. The Tree of Life, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, olay, olay. I wonder if James Marsden's performance in X-Men, where where Wolverine like basically steals his thunder, kind of yeah. uh, it reflects in it when he was in Superman Returns, and basically... Uh, <laughs> Superman steals his wife. Yeah, he's basically the Baxter in, yeah. in all those films. He or uh, he's a uh, I can't bring myself to say cuck. <laughs> anyway, he is a beta cuck. Then, but hey, Cyclops is our favorite beta cuck, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and th- he's been around for fifty three years. And here's to fifty three mm-hmm. more of Scott Summer. <laughs> <laughs> Hear it. Yes, I definitely played the right sound there. Nobody was laughing at me playing the wrong sound. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, spoiler talk time about X-Men Apocalypse, plus some news, and then the community segment in the third bit. We'll see you on the flip-flop. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Last week, I was in on the bus when a girl was almost robbed, Ooh. and I didn't do anything, Attaboy partially kid. because it's like it, nothing he happened. Had a PS4 on you, like you yes, know. literally, that's why. <laughs> so this was the day that we did capture for the Randy Savage video. So I'm on the bus, and as they're getting off the bus, uh, one of the guys behind me tries to grab this girl's phone. He he fails at it. Mm-hmm. So like they just all run off the bus anyway. Personally, I'm like, 
I wouldn't have done anything because, like, what if I go and try to do something, which I wouldn't because I'm a chicken shit, but if I would have, then then my bag is open for that kid to run off. And, yeah. and uh, There's all yeah. your Macho Man DLC on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know how much that fetches in the black market? A lot. No, it's the Hogan DLC that's worth money. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcasts, as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. everybody to the second segment spoiler warning spoiler warning though really do you care about x-men apocalypse spoilers i don't where is this coming from all right look x-men apocalypse let's talk about it we all saw it not six hours ago uh and we man seven dollars for a daytime show That's, gotta do that, that all the time deal. Steve. that movie felt so long to me like it was uh, i i don't know I, what happened i had I had uh, weird expectations going into Batman vs. Superman. Uh-huh. I thought the trailers looked great. Casting looked great to me. The reviews were like, ooh, what? Yeah. Uh, this movie I was fucking dreading. I hated every trailer. Yeah. I've hated everything I've seen of it. And I think coupled with those expectations, I loved it. Okay. I thought I had a great time with this movie. Wow. I thought it was a great X-Men movie, too. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that is not how I felt. Yeah, I like, was super bored the whole time. and like, it just I didn't be- hate it. I didn't hate it. At all. Yeah, yeah, definitely didn't hate it, but I just was so unmoved by most of it because it's... I was just thinking about how, like, like only like 30 minutes in, I'm like, Brian Singer has to stop. Uh, like, this is so stale, and it has... The, for 16 years. Yes. Granted, he didn't... Even the ones he didn't do, mm-hmm. which is only what? Two of them. Only first class. I mean, the, only the first class. Yeah, the, but they're still super. Oh, and, oh, in, last stand actually did happen. He didn't do that. He yeah, did, sorry. yeah, but it's that all that is still informed by everything that he did. Yeah, and so it just keeps happening, and mm. it's just like nothing. It just felt so like boring. Yeah, and I like, do, well, I, I I did read some of that too, and I, I don't want to criticize a movie for not being the Marvel movies. That was not my critique no, I, of, I of don't need Batman vs Superman. It doesn't. We don't, they don't have to be quirky and Joss Whedon-y. No, uh, but. The, the movie does read like a 2001 movie. Mm. Like, everything yeah. is way overly serious. There is no levity yeah. until Quicksilver pops up I in the second act. I think that's why people, every, the one time our audience, mm. our meager audience, mm. like, really picked up was like, oh, it's the Quicksilver scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. if uh, you can tell, I think Brian Singer is in, he's really only comes alive himself. Yeah, like, that, and that, it'd be, when you ever Quicksilver's on screen, like, man, there's so much weird potential here. Other than that, I counted, I think, like, seven times someone delivers a monologue and the music starts to swell. Oh, yeah. Like, it happens every couple of minutes. And <laughs> yeah, I so, I didn't even hate, I, I didn't even hate um, Oscar Isaacs's I thought he apocalypse. was fantastic! I think he, he was, he was a scenery-chewing like, I thought he was great! Power Ranger villain. I've been, I've been baffled by that casting for a long time, having loved Inside, uh, Inside the Well and Davis, mm. and him as Poe Dameron. Like, why would you cast him as Apocalypse? I've never seen... Oh, that's some range I've never seen in Oscar Isaac. That's... I don't know. I thought it was great. I liked how goofy he was. And actually, one of my favorite non-Quicksilver bits of the film, like, his monologue when he says, like... I forget how exactly it went, but, like, 
Like the arrows shooting from the Tower of Babylon, you cannot touch God. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... I was like, yeah, I, I like that kind of character. Yeah. I haven't seen a villain like that in a long time because they're usually some boring military guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love that he loves speeches and he's yeah. like, no, I'm the king of the world. Like, I'm taking it over again because I rule this planet. Yeah. And that he's not goofing around with that, though. I really did hate that Magneto, who in every other film is just like, yeah, I'm fucking Magneto. Like, I run this show. Once Apocalypse shows up, he doesn't even challenge it. He's just like, yeah, I guess I'll follow you. I should kill everybody. But he wasn't was under suggestion, though. Because it falls in line with the fucking constant heel face turn Magneto makes in the comics. I gotta say... And the the, the movie gave him justification. That is one of the tiredest ass tropes of all time. Like he he had a wife and kid to exist for one scene to then be murdered so he can have ju- moral justification. I didn't see it coming. It's like are I they going to introduce that. Wanda here? Yeah. Oh fuck, that's not Wanda. The second they showed up, the second they showed up, I was like they're getting killed. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're yeah. there for him to have. Yeah, anger. they serve no purpose. I didn't so. see it coming. But again, I, I came in with no expectation. Kind of let the movie just fall on me. Uh, the thing I didn't also understand is like Apocalypse wakes up after ten thousand years, and it's just like. <laughs> This world is bullshit. I need to cleanse it. Okay, mm-hmm. literally the first mutant I see is a tiny girl in Egypt who stole something. <laughs> who made wind blow? You are now my disciple. Yeah. Show me other powerful mutants. Here's a drunk guy with wings. Excellent. Also the most powerful mutant. I've seen two mutants. Ooh, I've met a woman with a side yeah. blade. You look cool. Who can make a glowing purple blade? A you are of- also the most fa- like. Aren't shouldn't you be more discerning? Like, Once he finally finds Magneto, it's like, yeah, that's the that's one, the one you, you wanted. Start with this. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, that's the guy you want. It's like you haven't even met a single X Man, and they no. can all like. Ugh, I don't yeah, know. he did. Well, he said he he'd been on Earth before. Yeah, and like I, he was the first person she saw with powers, and I guess he gravitated towards it. There's a bunch of shit like that. No, and, but like there's a the difference ones? between like I'll pal with you and like making him one of their horsemen is like. The horsemen are supposed to be these, like, you are to fulfill a specific role, and I deem you worthy of that honor. No, I had, this th- is, oh, a mutant. Great. The issue, I, I <laughs> did hate the opening of the film, because I hate that... All that Egypt shot I, stuff? That and, and just the one question I did have the whole time. Wait, what was Mystique doing? And it doesn't, I, it does it literally doesn't make sense. No. She's like, I'm looking for, who? Nightcrawler? No. Well, she she's was, like, she looking for Magneto. on the underground. She's looking for Magneto because she thinks he's in trouble when he's not in trouble. Yeah. At all. No. And she and so her she starts out with a quest that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. I, well, the, uh, that's my bigger. No. Thing. She's just she's, she's freeing people on the underground, and then mm-hmm. Caliban tells her, "Oh, hey, did you know Eric? It, like, is that how it happened? Yeah, Caliban yeah. fears that yeah. Eric's not doing so well. Yeah, that's Have how you she heard of him. I'm Caliban. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much how Caliban is in the comics. And that scene too, has yeah. the most uh, Psylocke dialogue the entire film has. Yeah. Right? So that's another complaint I have about this that what. Brian Singer's ensemble, like any ensemble film, it's even one that's two and a half hours long. There's not enough time for lines for everybody. And Psylocke gets about eight words. Uh, Jubilee, I think, says four. Uh, though she's not a major character. Like, Psylocke actually has an action scene. And I think another person who really gets shortchanged is Storm. Like, she, she yeah. at least has sort of an arc of seeing... Of, yes. of following a mutant, like wanting to be like Mystique, then seeing her new heroes killing Mystique and then well, switching sides. I liked for that. Me, for but. me, unlike the MCU, I was excited the less people talked. And in mm-hmm. terms of what visually was on screen, 
uh, my criticism of the X Men movies, and there's a lot, mm-hmm. but one of them is that like most pe- most of the time, no one gets to do anything. <laughs> yeah, like Wolverine gets one or two se- sequences, and no one really does anything ever. Yeah. And in this movie, everybody gets to do a ton of things, but they don't say anything for the yeah. most part. Yeah, and then like Cyclops and Jean Grey are both pretty flat. They suck. I was not into either of them. Ty Sheridan and like okay. I don't really watch Game of Thrones, but can can Sansa act on that show? Because she didn't act in this movie. She was like on uh, Quaaludes or something. I, I was just like, wake the fuck up and say these lines. I, I didn't take it to have the same takeaway you did, but I do remember it's like, wait, is she really British? Or I thought she was faking an accent for the show, but it sounds like she's faking an American accent. If it sounds like she's faking an accent all the time, yeah. who is this woman? Who and are you? Who are you? But then also, and then Moira McTaggart shows up, and it's like, <laughs> why are you even in this fucking yeah. movie? I was just, who the fuck is that? And they even show me clips from the first class, and like, no, she, she's gone. I do not remember her. But at like, all. as a as a character in a film, it's like as an actress, you're like, what is my character doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you are in a scene to kind of make sense to so you can yeah. tell. Xavier, oh, there's a big thing happening. Okay, bye forever. There's no reason for you to do anything else with us. You're a CIA nobody. Yeah, Why it, are you flying around the world in magic jets? It was one of the. <laughs> it was one of many things in this movie that felt like they knew in the second one they completely ignored first class. Not completely, but mm. first class took a back seat. And then in this one, they're like, wait, we had plot threads in first yeah. class. We kind of should pick these back up. Yeah. And it, it went back to... I think they tried to fix it some, but I don't think they totally did. That like Xavier wiping Moira's memory was not right. Like that's she, weird. She had a right to her memories, even if he was like people can't know about mutants. And but it was a weird line to walk in the film because he was recognizing I did the wrong thing by wiping out her memories. She's giving me quite a hard on right now. Ooh, and like all this meat cute shit between yeah. them I was like. So do you feel bad or do you want to fuck her? Like all this the, what. You can meet do both, Henry. Meet cute. Meet cute. It's, it's a it's a, it's a film term for film. Term. Yes, actually, huh? any uh, any time Natalie Portman has been introduced in any movie the last eight years, you I literally mean, have to explain that. To a Henry. classic. Okay, a classic a meet cute, cute actually happens in this film because uh, if you've yes. seen in any romantic comedy where the man and the woman bump into each other and, and they, they knock hate over one the, another at first, and they knock they, over all the papers. They're like, "Hey, get out of my way, jerkle." That's exactly what happens with Gene and Scott. You shut up. First. I'll never fall in love with you. Yeah. Meet cute? Meet it's cute. M E T cute. Okay. I heard M E A T cute. And I'm like, what the fuck is No, but I do have that bookmarked if you'd like to see it. All right. And if you watch the. You'll learn all about it if you watch the film that came together, which is so fucking. You like fiction books? And that's meet cute. Okay. Okay. So anyway, back to the movie. Back to the And I said, I stand by. I really enjoyed myself in it. But it, as we talk, it is unraveling a little bit. <laughs> the thing that also is driving me crazy, the more these are all like little, some more, uh, some more tiny quibbles than others. But mm. when they keep having to mention, like, oh, it's been 20 years since first class, I'm like, well, then Hank McCoy shouldn't look that good. <laughs> uh, Alex Summers should not look like five years older than Scott Summers. He should look like yeah. he's 39, not, yeah. not, uh, yeah, that it. That, that that bugged me a bit, and just especially well, with Moira, the, that they're like, oh, she she has an age today. Yeah, she fucking hasn't, because it was four years since you filmed a movie that took place 20 years ago. The only thing that confused the piss out of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Days of Future Past, set in the 70s. Yep. Uh, it erases <laughs> X-Men The Last Stand. Yes. Essentially, that's all it does, mm-hmm. because uh, he warps back to the present at the end of that film. The future from 77 hasn't really been written yet. Yes, from um, the 73 onward. It so anything can happen. Anything uh, can, yes. Why is Angel there? 
Yeah, why that one doesn't make sense because it's I did the only with, thing Wolverine affected in that universe yeah. was have Angel born twenty to thirty years early. Yeah, because I taught I said to Brett like, no, the time Famke Jensen at her age in two thousand of X Men, she could be a sixteen year old in nineteen eighty three. That could fit. It's, but it's always same it's with the James same Captain Marsden. America should especially if you don't harp on that. Like how but, is how did Michael Fassbender's like a. 35 year old yeah. man is surviving Auschwitz in the 80s yeah, but yeah when they just but when they make it such a point yeah, when yeah. they keep saying like yeah 10 years ago I it's think, been 10 think, years it's been 10 years I think years. they want to watch you know ages slowly anyway yeah, yes. well it's, it's it's also that like I think Fox really fucked up the X-Men fr- film franchise mm-hmm. with with 3 obviously and, and a little bit with the Wolverine side films and all of this is just watching Deadpool it was just like oh this more so than more so than Marvel, they're really embracing the idea that this is a comic book movie, and it doesn't always have to make sense. Don't ask too many questions. Just yeah. accept that this character is here, and you wanted to see him here anyway. You don't have to look into reasons why he's not. he shouldn't be here. I love seeing... I really... I don't want to say love. I really mm-hmm. liked seeing Wolverine in his Weapon X game. I thought that with, sequence was handled beautifully. Yeah, that was good. Except, that's fine, except for the dialogue. Except it's the third time that I've seen that scene play out. Yeah, yeah. but he has, he has no dialogue. Yes. I love that. I, lo- I yeah, really yeah, did. Yeah. And I just hated Sansa's fucking opening of like, mm. they've just trained him to be, who is it? Uh, I don't know. But An they've turned animal. him into, camera zooms in, a weapon. Like, <laughs> it's Wolverine. Thanks. Yeah, we know Thanks. it's fucking Wolverine. Thanks. We knew it was Wolverine. And I was like rewriting the dialogue in, in my head like, he doesn't know who he is. Boom! You got Wolverine foreshadowing without him hitting the audience over the yep. head with it. And then so so part of it is, uh, that's what I meant to say earlier. It's It's not that I think every film needs to be the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But when I watch this, Brian Singer hasn't seen anything from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He takes <laughs> literally no cues from no. modern superhero movies. Uh, that, I mean, the whole Wolverine thing. Well, that also takes me back to Stryker. I'm mm-hmm. sick of William Stryker. William Stryker should not be in more films than most of the X-Men. Like, Especially when he looks like he'd make a perfect toad. Yeah. The new I, one. The third I, William Stryker. I'm just tired of William Stryker. And also that like this really drives me crazy that... This was just Days of Future Past. They end Days of Future Past with Mystique posing as Striker, taking Wolverine captive. So then is did she do that or did Striker come back? Like yeah. it doesn't even care. Like that was something Brian Singer had in his movie. Yeah. In the last one. He, two years ago. Two years ago. Respect what you did at least two years ago in your own film. And that's also when you talk about the MCU thing, I don't think X-Men needs to be an MCU, but they shouldn't pretend that they are or that they have plans or a mythology because yeah. it never matters. Well, well that's, that's what my, my other thing, like 45 minutes or nine hours, however long this movie was, <laughs> into it, I'm just like, these X-Men movies became Terminator. They just, every one of them is like, guys, this is the one that we fix the timeline and make Mm -hmm. sense of everything. And you're going to see the same scenes you've already. Remember the T-1000? That was cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, remember this line from X-Men 1? Well, Xavier's going to say it again. Oh, remember when Wolverine did this? Here's the third time we're going to film it. And it's like, god damn. Like, they just became fucking Terminator movies where they're just... You haven't even seen the last one. That's that's the only reason I think I saw that movie. It's so bad. But it's just like it's obsessed with itself and trying to fix some perceived problem and that's why you... Like, I love the first two Mm -hmm. and I love The Wolverine. Uh, First Class is great. And First Class was fine. Days Future Past Mm -hmm. was good. But it's like Singer needs to go do literally anything else. And you need a fresh-faced director... Someone younger, someone who doesn't have like, and just fucking. And this is a, if this is a second trilogy all wrapped up, fine. Start with a new team. You can you can even pick it up from where this one left off because they actually finally have costumes now. Yeah. So no, this yeah. movie did end with my ideal. 
events. And just to show you that, like, just to emphasize, and we are in spoiler, spoiler territory. We've been I mean, there for a while, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Is that, that Joss Whedon is like, there's no fucking way I'm saying something so cornball like having America say Avengers Assemble at the end of Age of Ultron. <laughs> He's like, I, I wouldn't even let Chris Evans finish that word. So uh, Yeah, so, when they filmed it just in case it got edited out of Yeah, them. so oh, he's yeah. like, that's so cornball. I'll never do that. Mm-hmm. X-Men does that and keeps on going. <laughs> so and keeps going into things that, like, deliberately the director has said publicly, that's a terrible thing to do in your superhero movie. Yep, and, and he just does it. But like, but it's no, still it's still the, the, the set of X-Men I wanted to see on film the most, minus Wolvie. But I'll tell you why I was dissatisfied by the end of this is because the last two had the mm-hmm. same type of ending of just like, well, now that we did all the grunt work, now the X-Men are together, and we promise you the next film will have X-Men. This isn't about, like, each of the films is, Xavier doesn't know if he wants to, to have X-Men. Then in the end, he's like, I think I want X-Men. Mm-hmm. But then the next film, they're like, well, we spent 10 years not having X-Men, I guess. Like, it fucking pisses me off that each of them end with what seems to be a concrete ending of, oh, we've changed everything, and now we're going to start training people. And then the next film begins with, and we didn't do anything for 10 it, years. It and we just you appreciate it as a comic book fan that it has almost the exact same trajectory as the comic book, where no. they come to life in the mid-'80s? Uh, no, it just drives me crazy that they <laughs> that they keep resetting. It's what drives me crazy about all the Daniel Craig Bond films. Mm-hmm. Some of I loved more than others. But they were good, but each had the same story of, well, now James Bond is fed up, and he's quitting MI6, and then in the end he's like, all right, I'm back, and now I'll be James Bond. And then the next film he's like, I don't know if I can be James Bond. Am I too old to be James Bond? Am I too sexy to be James Bond? You can't ask that question every time of like, well, can mutants even be a team, and should they? Like, don't do that every movie. I think you see some shakiness in Singer's approach to the source material, for sure. I don't think he cares much for people, characters beyond Magneto and Xavier. Like and I think I think well our our complaints here are then that's why the, our complaints are weird because we're talking about a film and how satisfying the film is mm-hmm. but as far as an X Men movie goes I just thought there's so many great moments if you're an X Men fan that, to mean, enjoy in the movie no one was no one this was, is the era of X Men that I love the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s and I was just really bored I thought the whole like final battle sequence was kind of amazing visually I, visually uh, some of the best displays I thought some of that shit was really bad no I like like I poorly choreographed and like bland and just flat no. like so much of it felt kind of cheap and then elaborate special effects with Magneto like mm-hmm. pulling the world apart mm-hmm. but it's also like wait what's that like he's in Egypt and like some boats in London are flying the, around and like uh, some buildings in Australia it like he was siphoning all the metal right but like the, the way they up. right but the way they visualize it is like so like everywhere like a well, house in Kansas like he said he could shake the earth and that's what they said but what they show is like a bunch it. of random things that it's like and this one building in the in the city is, skyline yeah. the trailer what? we saw right before that was for the Independence Day sequel where Jeff Goldblum makes a joke about it. oh they yeah. always attack the landmarks yeah, yeah. but the, <laughs> it was just a weird like what's Magneto doing sitting silently a mile in the air doing nothing talking yeah. to no one like oh I guess well, I'll come down now it's just a weird climax it, and then like also Apocalypse's weird. final battle is like I'm going to stand still and everyone's going to shoot at my orb and and then I will wave my arms at them and things will happen but I won't actually do anything like I won't turn my arm big or make a big pounding fist that all happens in I love the shit that happens in his head I love that sequence that that was was fine that was fine and I thought I thought Jean Grey's moment was really neat I'm like are they really going to pull the, the phoenix out you can't do that. Yes, oh, because it's Terminator. It. They have to do the Phoenix. Oh, they're going to do it. And then I was like, I was kind of floored by the sequence. I, I, I my jaw dropped a little. But it's also like, unleash your power. Okay, if I didn't know intimately what the fuck is going on already, 
It'd be like, okay, so this girl's going to do her power. It made a big firebird. This guy who's been completely <laughs> impossible to injure at all just melted for no reason and yeah. is dead yeah. forever. Why? No one talks about it. No one says, Gene, what the fuck was that? No one acknowledges anything that just happened. It's just like, oh, back to school. Like, does anyone remember, remember when she killed the impossible to kill, yeah. impossible to injure, borderline omnipotent mutant with one th- with a gesture? But no I guess one remembers. Just like, go back to class and like, uh, everything will be normal again. Thank you, Gene. The fight that disappointed <laughs> me the most. I kind of liked the the Nightcrawler Archangel fight. Yeah, but then it just ended with him like bonk. I hit you then on the that was so thing. weird. Like, I was just like, that's how you. He's end like, this oh, fight. Vader Zane, oh, Vader Zane, come on on the yeah, wall. Got Roger Rabbit, and it's like. like yeah. That's that's your I, solution. I almost to... tweeted in the middle of the film, like, "What the fuck is this? The NES game Nightcrawler is the best because <laughs> he gets really great moments." Yeah. In the film. Oh, that was one thing that bothered me well, from a from a technically point of view. Mm. And I don't really, I only say this just for conversation. I don't care. It didn't affect my enjoyment of the movie. But when they're falling in the jet uh-huh. and it's pointed at the ground, they're like, "I've never teleported this many people before." Mm-hmm. He maintains the momentum of when he teleports. It doesn't yes. cancel things so, like, out. Yes, yeah, so yeah. like when he teleport, like I'm like you uh, immediately when they set up that scene, like you better teleport before you fucking point this plane to the ground, and they don't, and then they yeah. just teleport mm-hmm. land, and I'm like on a bunch of cushions, they teleport into a very cushiony on room. a fucking hardwood floor, and it's like you'd all be dead, you'd hit uh. the ground just as fast as you left. It doesn't cancel the momentum of anything, <laughs> and it's yeah. like it, that, that's have just momentum inside the plane, or does the plane have? They had already started momentum. descending, so like they are moving at the speed okay. of the yeah, plane. Yeah, they would, they would. So also, like what? it's just one of those little things of like, do you care what their powers are or not? Like, what's his power? Yeah. He, he teleports. Okay, but you know how teleport... Like, do you care how that works at all? No, because my story can't work. That. As a film... Well, as a but film... But if you teleport anywhere, like, you can't... As a film trilogy telling, <laughs> as a film trilogy that's telling a story, mm-hmm. I also hate that they reboot arcs so many times that, like... What's well, the, are, that's the comic book number? But this, it's been—it's the only comic book franchise that's been around for almost two decades. But in in other movies, they yeah. don't completely. Re- it's why I hate Ghostbusters too—that they just mm-hmm. they 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 achieve something at the end of Ghostbusters one, and then mm-hmm. in two they're like, "Nah, nobody believes it was a real thing," and now they're jokes again. And I was like, "No, then they, then why do I care that what they accomplish in this one if you can just erase mm-hmm. it in the next movie?" So in Mystique. The first film, she gets, she is trying to hide her mutinous, and then she's like, you know what? No, I'm gonna be Mystique all the time. Cut to Days of Future Past. She's always hiding her stuff. Won't be herself at any time. Yeah. Then at the end of that one, she's like, you know what? I won't be evil. I'm gonna be good, and I'm gonna be a good person, and I'll be Mystique all the time. Cut to this one. I'm underground. I don't like people knowing that I'm the lead, that I'm the good mutant being turned into a messiah. I'm just going to be a blonde all the time. I, like it's and then the same fucking. I like thing. that. I legitimately no. like that the world perceived Mystique as a hero. And, I, and again, I just like you, you hire Jennifer Lawrence, a gorgeous what are, one of our the best actor like young actors we have yeah. to hide her underneath makeup and make her miserable on set. So so the idea that she wasn't Mystique most of the time was like this is a way better idea. But if the story of first class is that she wants to be Mystique all the time and then well no but it gave her it gave her re- like I'm sure yeah. there was some issue with Jennifer Lawrence's people like she's no. not going to the makeup yeah, that often. Like, this is basically again. a nude scene you're getting yeah. from us and you get you, one of those. You get one or two this film and that's it but it's also like the idea that she is she's she has to hide that persona. Yeah. Because that persona is wanted and but, it is now in the public eye. But to a degree, the same thing happens with Beast. In all three movies, he's like, oh, Beast I Beast is on the cover of Time magazine? 
Yeah, but I'm just annoyed that, like, Beast should just be Beastie all the time. Mm. Like, that's kind of his tragic flaw. And if he can just switch it off with pills, that seemingly pills that he's got to take every eight hours because when he wakes up in Weapon X, he's like, well, oh, I didn't take my pills. It's like, really? just like the gay pills to stop you from being gay. <laughs> exactly. Like, you, I, don't forget to take your gay pills. And conversely, not not that this is a totally big deal. God, I'm like, I've got it under is, control. I had sex with a girl last night, I promise. Why, why is Beast so ADR-y? And I'm like, yeah. oh, because he can't fucking talk in oh, that makeup. Makeup, he yeah. can't talk. So I mean, like it's every not great makeup. Every sentence he says is like so like that was recorded in a separate universe. <laughs> but, <And> like, <laughs> but you know what? You you bought the ticket, take the ride. Beast is always beast. You can't yeah. just have you can't just make up beast pills because you think he looks stupid Could in the makeup. Imagine all the time. how upset we all would have been if we would have been introduced to Beast and it was just. Frasier Crane with no makeup on. I know. That would have been so fucking... Like, oh, no. I took my pills, but uh, now I will untake them for our big fight scene. <laughs> to be beast. I, I, I took more issue with, with the pills, whatever Xavier was doing to like... Well, on Days of Future Past. Oh, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Oh, no. They, that they that gave convenient him, like, crutch. Yeah. That, oh, they turn off his mental powers, but he can also walk. He like, can walk oh, and has hair. Man. Really? That undid the spinal damage from being shot in the spine? That's a hell of a side effect. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I know. Do you have, do, wait, do you have telekinetic powers? No? Great. Great. There's no side effects. You can walk oh, again. That'll be yeah. Oh, but I do have telekinetic powers. Oh. Ooh, you, you'll have some, you'll become a drug addict. <laughs> I can't do shit for you. hope you employ eight doctors. I, but it was good seeing... There were good parts, but I just like... I don't want Brian Singh to make these anymore. Yeah. That post credit scene of like, this won't pay off. I bet Mr. Sinister won't even be in the next one. Mm-hmm. Like this... That whole Essex Corporation, based on the last two ones that Brian Singer did meaningless like that doesn't mean it'll connect anything by the next time he makes it he might forget that was even his plan well I mean they teased in Sabanur and they did it it's they just, did do it they it's did. just like they'll do provided they greenlight another movie which I don't even think they have I don't know he said he wants to make a 90s one but I believe I it hasn't he was been. done and everybody's contract is done if yeah. I'm not mistaken oh, no. oh, well, the, yeah the, that's why I, I read other people saying that's why they have the new mutants take center stage in this because Fassbender, McAvoy, and Lawrence are contractually done with them, and I bet at the very least you're done seeing Lawrence. Like, mm-hmm. and by the way, I am pissed off that this did the Amazing Spider-Man two thing, which is <laughs> the exact last shot. The last shot of the film was in all the trailers, like him bald and the and the door closing mm-hmm. on him. That's in all the trailers to show you, and and that is in the trailers to promise as a promise of you'll get to see James McAvoy bald, like. Sure, you do, but he's bald by the very end. Like, why not just save that as a nice visual for us at the end of the movie? Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent Insta- point. Instead of putting it in a trailer when it's a lie anyway. The only issue with that is, like, uh, not all tra- trailers. It, it is an art form. I've watched so many of them. So many yes, I love. yes. And what they were never meant to do is to be picked apart by nerds on the internet. <laughs> They're meant to be seen once before a movie and show you everything you need to know to yeah. want to go see this movie again. I, 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 I know what you're saying, and I do yeah. kind of hate that, but at least they're not... Sp- I guess that was kind of a spoiler. I did like Mystique's costume at the end, the nod to her white yeah. like, her white dress. Mm-hmm. Like, that was at least... But like, those oh, costumes also dress. were just like, if we're going to show them for five minutes, here's all your wish lists of the outfits. Yeah. Now you've seen them. The end. The fucking like, end. We fucking showed you them. That's also... somebody. That is scary, us. though. If he says he wants to do a 90s one, that'll be like, so now it's ten years after Apocalypse. Yeah, the X Men have been disbanded. It's yeah. called Hypercolor, Peter. It's what drives me. It's what drives me crazy in every X Men film. I now realize of just like the team's never together. They're never the team. There's never the operation have of. You them heard as a team of We Three? I, I still think that the the end is a is a very fulfilling X Men sequence. If you're a fan, yes, uh, uh, but visually and as a fight scene. 
I don't know. I give it a. I give it a f- all the stuff in between and the Quicksilver thing. I'm sorry. It was spoiled for me. I don't know who put it on the internet, but I definitely saw it streaming on Facebook. The Quicksilver scene is fantastic. <laughs> it also drove me crazy that they blow up the Xavier's mansion to then rebuild it exactly the same. It like, happens all the time in the it, comics. It's ne- in the movies though. It's never happened. It feels just like how. The the Enterprise has to explode in every Star Trek film now. It's the same deal. Like, but it doesn't mean anything. You rebuilt it at the end yeah, of the movie. The, the Star Trek Beyond trailer, where it's like just intense shots of the Enterprise being ripped to shreds. It's like you know I've seen this <laughs> quite a lot. This exact ship even mm. has already blown up twice. Like I don't <laughs> yeah, care. But is that? But is that? I, I don't know if they're. Oh no! To do you think the they're, this enemy's so tough it's destroyed the enemy? I, All of them have. It's, I don't know if they're trying to get you to care about it as a symbol, but trying to convey the danger the crew within right. the Enterprise is in. No, and no, the no. only way they could convey that before is like, hey, uh, Shatner, could you rock back and forth real quick? Right, but the we, other we two movies, the other two movies, the exact same shit happens. So when I see this one for the third time, yeah. it's like, so what? Like yeah. they'll then the, I know it'll you, be okay. Do you think they'll persevere because they did it twice before? There was a term I heard in uh, MST3K once where they said like. Quit showing the clock. The clock's over. You've spent that nickel. I always think of that like, you spent that nickel. You told that story. You made me worry about that dramatic thing. And now I know what the answer is. You can't keep doing it. Yeah. And that's what drives me crazy sometimes in the X-Men movies. Like, yeah, I I don't hate it. There were lots of bits I didn't like at all. And I really was hoping Gene and Scott would finally have a fresh start. And I don't like either of the actors in the role. Mm-hmm. But really, my point is, my main takeaway from this is, like, this has to be Brian Singer's last X-Men movie. I don't want him to do another one. This needs fresh eyes. Yep. And even though it'll always be a Fox production, apparently, but at least learn something from Deadpool. And know you can be stupid and colorful and fun and have the fucking costume from the comics, and people will like it. Don't run away from the comics. Part of this was... I know the baggage. I'm I'm willing to admit the personal baggage I have with the X-Men films coming in. That I don't Uh, like them being separate from the Marvel Universe. They fucked up... Almost as many times as they succeeded, <laughs> yeah. and I, I have that baggage going in, and just there is something about it that, like I started to respect this a little more as a, as a trilogy, as a as a new series. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just it it it, it did all kind of gel to me because it's it's all pretty disjointed. I haven't I've seen the first Days of Future Past in first class like two to three times each as opposed to like the 50 for the first two yeah Um, I I don't even mind them being separate anymore because in the comics like all the big crossovers they hardly ever cross over anyway the mutant shit is almost always a separate track you know but that's what I'm saying the baggage is there not because I want to see Spider-Man talk to Wolverine it's because I can't get a fucking Wolverine shirt anymore and Fantastic Uh, Four doesn't get to exist because of (laughs) these movies I I, I, I do I I was never rooting against Batman versus Superman assholes forever yelling at me for that never (laughs) I was always rooting for it but I think I do root against the X-Men movies um, yeah because I, I don't like the box I don't like the hands that they're in. So it made like eighty million, oh, yeah. eighty six number million. One. Well, right. it being number one is not a surprise, but it's more like I was a bit a little surprised that the heat on this was like non-existent. But right, but came, what else came out last week? Uh, a bunch all, of stuff. But if it, well, nothing. I mean, Angry the Birds nice guys, is, Angry Birds Angry, two weeks ago. But the nice guys is great. But, but if it doesn't break a hundred million in its first weekend, I feel like that's almost seen as a failure. Yeah, so in comic it, book films. it made like a hundred something overseas. So mm-hmm. it's made its production budget back. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not. It, it'll probably end up making a reasonably fine profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, yeah. So did Fantastic Four movies, the mm-hmm. the two thousands ones. Like they technically made money, but like, why go to all that fucking effort? A six minute credit sequence. <laughs> Because a million people had to make this movie that is like, that's fine. 
Like, what? don't go to all that fucking human effort to make a thing. That, that's fine. It's, it's just really weird. The, I did the like the travel through the time tube at the very beginning. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. gone into, it's gone underground 4,000 years past. Doodly, doodly. Jesus Christ. Nazis. The World Trade Center. Wow. And it's like, yes. all right now. And I'm like, yeah, I know what happened. Like, yeah. So as of this recording, 277 million worldwide. That is that is the total. So and its production, its production is more than twice what the first movie cost to make. Yeah, I I still had a great time with the film, and I definitely recommend it if you're an X Men fan. Um, No, no? I mine is a thumb in the. I give it a four out of ten. That's why I give it. But if you love. If you love X Men, like I, I love X Men, like, especially seventies like, and eighties era X Men, yeah. I love it. And this, I just was. Bored I feel by. like they 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 use the X Men as superheroes very well, and I love the term. Like the the word superpower is just like saying the word zombies in a zombie movie. You generally <laughs> don't do it, but Apocalypse does, and I just that's just a lo- small touch. Mm. Like no more superpowers. Like, what the fuck's yeah. he talking about? Oh shit! He just took out Russia and yeah. America. I, that's great. I do like the story. I. I mentioned to Brad that the history somehow stays the same. Like, so oh, yeah. even though a guy picked yeah. up a baseball stadium, surrounded the White House with it, with it, said that mutants were taking over the world and almost killed the president. Mm-hmm. Despite that happening, like there was still Watergate, there was still Cheryl Four, there was still <laughs> Jimmy Carter, and now Ronald Reagan is president in 1983. Like, yep. apparently, all that still happened. Yep. No, we did not, nothing, nothing changed. Nope. Except for the future, Miss Pac-Man still got made. Except yeah. for the future, oh, that Miss Pac-Man thing. Yeah, what? what and, well, it's just like, yeah. I at least like the Quicksilver joked about that. He said, "I probably should have done something in ten years, but I still live in my mom's basement." Mm-hmm. Like, wow! But you can, you can literally do anything. Like, you're the most powerful within those films. He's the most powerful of yeah. any of them. Yeah, and, and they're, they're, uh, Entertainment Weekly, I think, has a good behind the scenes uh, on that sequence. Because it's not as much CG as you think. A lot mm-hmm. of it is thousand frames a second with a phantom camera. That's that, I think that's I don't know. I, I think that's great. I like that. I and like that's I the feel, kind of thing. Like if there was more stuff like that, you'd never wish Brian Singer would no, leave this film. I feel like after Days of Future Past, that was how that was the part that excited him the most mm-hmm. as a as a filmmaker. All right. So anyway, that's our feelings on X Men yeah, Apocalypse. But that's that's the 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 sad thing about X Men is like it got. Oh, we did this on thir- talked about it in thirty twenty ten. Like Fox nukes nuked their property with part three. Like yeah. fucking yeah. nuked it and closed the door on a bunch of shit because they're morons yes. and idiots and they do it all the time with their best franchises because mm. Fox sucks. Yeah. Uh, but instead, like like a comic book, like Marvel, they didn't reboot the universe. They're tr- they're trying to exist within this yeah. awful thing that happened. I swear to God, that's why every time I think about it, it makes me hate Last Stand even more. <laughs> Last Stand is the reason why. Dude, we watched three prequel X Men movies to try to wipe to away the four prequel X Men movies. Oh yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, yes, yeah. like because to undo the damage of Last Stand. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and soon we'll have if the Wolverine two or Old Man Logan or whatever you're gonna call it. Like uh, that some goes, pictures leaked this week. It looks like Old Man Logan. If that goes forward enough in time, let that be the final X Men one. Yeah. Like let that be the especially if Hugh says that's if he means it that that's his last Wolverine. Like yeah. then let that be the end of it. And that'd be fine. I it's, think it's just, it's just weird how much we all groan, moan and groan at a reboot because it mm. looks like that news this today is that Marvel's rebooting again. Seemingly that DC is rebooting again. Possibly. And we're like ugh. So like. I, I don't know what the solution is for the X Men films. Like, they read comics just start anymore, over. Mm-hmm. Uh, just start over. Yeah. I don't know. I can't be. Inter- I wasn't interested when Spider Man did it. 
No, but I'm interested in it now with the, with the Marvel Universe. But that's what they, it up, but I did they not did. Give... They, they did. They skipped all that fucking Uncle Ben horse yeah. shit. I could not believe that that, that amazing Spider-Man two devoted more he to Uncle Ben. A, as he died uh, in front of a convenience store. Unbelievable. No, Get the yeah. toilet paper. An amazing, Man. amazing Spider-Man two not only gave you the Uncle Ben stuff, but also tried I to never turn him into trust Puerto Ricans. <laughs> ah, <laughs> ATM fees. We should really move on to the third segment, though. Outrageous. But uh, if you want to share your spoiler thoughts uh, i'm gonna make a separate thing in the forums to talk about it in case people don't want to get spoiled in the comments there'll be a link to it on this week's episode page all right let's take a break when we come back talk a little bit of news talk a little bit of what you've been reading and the community interaction when we return Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1986. Stallone's Cobra. I am all over Cobra. Oh, good. This is the most 80s movie there is. It's Stallone's most Stallone-y, I think, where he gets the criticism of making mindless action because the trailer absolutely presents it as such. Mm -hmm. No, it totally is. It's... Uh, Death Wish and Dirty Harry sort of taken to an extreme and that he is, is it a, a canon film? Yes it is. Yeah, I thought so. He's the toughest cop. He's the guy they send in for the dirtiest work. And the dirtiest work is like, oh, there's a guy um, who has a minor hostage situation in a supermarket and his solution is of course shoot everything all the time. Right. Kill all <laughs> the dirt bags. It's like you could have easily like he like sneaks up behind him, you could tackle him. No. No, we better wipe everybody out. This this one has conspiracy parts in it too, and that it's the it's not just a gang; it's like a cultish sort of gang. Mm. And they they have there's like secret cops are actually members, and who can you trust? And like Brigitte Nielsen, uh, I think just Mrs. Stallone after this. Fight the Jewish lizard Illuminati. But she witnesses a crime, so he's go oh, well, you. and then uh, <laughs> is he underwater? If I, if I, if <laughs> the may... secret to doing Stallone is don't move your tongue. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just gotta talk without moving your tongue. That's thirty twenty ten, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture thirty years ago, twenty years ago, and ten years ago. Every Thursday, right here on the Laser Time Network. everybody welcome to the break for this week's episode of cape crisis and as usual we thank you very much for your listening and having the patience to hear all of our thoughts on x-men apocalypse and thank you very much for anybody who supports us through patreon patreon.com slash laser time helps pay the bills in this uh, time of us being a professional podcasters all your support always helps us out also if you'd like to support us you could go to amazon.com through any of the laser time links on the page and that includes in this episode's page on lasertimepodcast.com buy anything through those amazon links and a little bit of money gets kicked back our way also if you haven't yet please rate and review this on itunes that really helps our exposure and helping new people discover this wonderful show also right after recording there was a rumor a big juicy rumor that it sounded like 
Brie Larson is going to be playing Captain Marvel in the Captain Marvel film and later Avengers movies. If that's true, I think that is great casting, great, great casting. I was kind of leaning towards Emily Blunt, but Brie Larson is hot off winning an Oscar for Room and did an incredible job there. So why not get her in on the superhero work, huh? And now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. You know, with all this X-Men talk, it reminded me, I really enjoy the Grant Morrison run on new X-Men. Yes, yes, Joss Whedon's run on Astonishing X-Men is probably the best current X-Men comic there is, but there's just something about Grant Morrison's kind of, you know, sexier take on the characters and all their leather jackets and and also the punk rock kids at the school, Quentin Choir, all that great stuff, and Zorn. It's a really wonderful book, even if there are some crazy bits in it. The entire new X-Men collection is out there in a big omnibus form. You could also start from the first volume. They are timeless X-Men stories, and I think a great part of their history. All right, enough of all that. Let's get back to the rest of this show. And welcome back to the third segment. Yeah, driving into it fast and loose because we got to uh, cram in. We got to cram <laughs> the second segment into the third one. Now let's get into some quick news. First off, Stan Lee is totally cool with Captain America being Hydra. He Not thinks it is me. an interesting story. So all the people who try to it, the thing that really was bugging me with the Cap Hydra thing were people saying like. You're turning him into a Nazi. The Jews who made him would be ruling their grave. Like, don't speak for the dead Jews, please. How are you such such easy marks at this point with comic books? Stan Lee was very interested in it because he's like... Yeah, his quote was like, oh, that sounds intriguing. I bet it'll sell a ton of comic books. Yeah. Yes! Money for me. Yes, it's not about ruining Captain America, you maroons. He did crazy things all the time for publicity and to sell more comics. That's all... Stanley's persona is entirely that. Yeah. yeah. What's, his, what's his real name? Stanley Lieber. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So, though wasn't he like when was it Ice Iceman was? He didn't know Iceman was gay. But he was a little bit like flabbergasted by that. Mm, but yeah. my Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's okay. But Gosh, I, I wonder if the status quo will stay the same. Certainly. My day. We just went to bed. Remember when he was dead several times? Speaking of social justice warriors ruining things, Miles Morales is reported to be the star of the animated Spider-Man film that's coming in 2018. That's hmm. the only reason it should exist. Yeah. yeah there should it, not be a concurrent animated Spider-Man yeah. film that's Peter Parker and telling that, the same that's story. That's to me... Dude, an ultimate cinematic universe that's just animation. Yeah. I am literally hard. <laughs> uh, X-Men's Legion is getting a show. It was mm, in pilot process, so and now it's getting a full show. What network? It's going to be... Uh, Fox! Yes, and it's going to be more David Lynch uh, than uh, the classic X-Men Well, I love film. when other people try to approximate David, David Lynch. Lynch. Yes. That's, all, that's always really great, especially when it influences my comic book shows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't have powers book. in my show. No! 
<laughs> so in Preacher... How we, about instead of Professor Xavier, you have a midget talking backwards? <laughs> uh, so, Dave, you, you mentioned Powers. That second season oh is God. beginning. They say they're going to uh, make it more like the comics in the second season. Michael Madsen is even in a crazy costume in it. And the entire first episode is just on YouTube for free because I think they realize nobody's going to watch it on PSN. Well, I don't it, even know how. It comes other... It's, you, it's, you, you, have download, download, yeah, you have to download it. Jesus Christ. I think you can stream it, but you have to like confirm yeah. purchase even though it's free uh but it it also i think you can buy them on like itunes and they have they have dvds editions yeah, so i don't yeah. know what the fuck sony's doing here is this an exclusive I, or isn't uh, it i don't know but i do love the first few minutes of that show where it, how does it feel to have all these powers <laughs> <laughs> so now you can watch the second season premiere of that and also the first episode in its entirety of preacher is on YouTube as well, oh, commercial free. You can give it a watch. I've been wanting to read Preacher for so long. Yeah. I thought I would do it before the show came out, and it's I still, haven't watched the show. It's still great. It's very. It's twenty years old now, and it will read that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, and speaking of guys from twenty years ago, Shane Black mm-hmm. is uh, apparently getting his wish to make a film of the world's first superhero, arguably Doc Savage. Who nobody has ever heard of, and nobody knows yeah. who Doc Savage is. But it will star The Rock, so who cares who it is? Somebody, it's The Rock. Somebody on our Facebook, I think, wow. posted that and said, if The Rock ends up putting out as many movies as he's, he's seemingly attached to, <laughs> we will be living in a golden era. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Shane Black with The Rock seems yeah. like such a beautiful uh, yeah. possibility. That's yeah. perfect. And then, uh, speaking of actors doing whatever they want, Jeremy Irons was talking shit on Batman versus Superman. That he says, like, it deserved those bad reviews. (laughs) Like, I'm in Justice League, and it has a much better script. It's not a phone book like the other one. He's he's one of those guys, like, I'm an established character actor. I'm not the point of these films Uh, anyway. The rest of his quote is like, I did it for, I didn't need the money. Uh, I love more money. (laughs) But I don't need the money. Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And, uh, but also in the news, was Marvel now now might be a reboot but uh, it is definitely another relaunch but they've talked I talked about it this week but just the, like Marvel's cop to it they're a seasonal thing now they're just seasonal I wish I wish the way they didn't restart a new season each year was by saying and it's number one again like now nah, maybe don't do that just don't make it number it's one it's become again. impossible for me to follow it yeah it's, like I just I'm I, well, I'm so unattached from any of it I think this, this Inevitably, well, I know you guys love screaming like Spider Man issue five hundred seventy eight. I, I don't think the average person I do can, love screaming. Uh, I don't <laughs> think the the average person is, can follow that. So, like I the know, idea that this I, is like no, I, it's not that it'd be beholden. But like when you when I was reading when I got into comics in the three hundreds mm-hmm. in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, it wasn't like. I oh I didn't read the first three hundred issues. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm fucking lost. Like it, mm. no, because every story was kind of a little mini reboot anyway. Do, they they would carry. We some just had stuff. to recommend. This X-Men. is just like wide sweeping we, changes every year, and it's like it the probably, team. The teams all change, and the status quo's change. It doesn't like, need to be every care. year. I don't think forever. Like line wide. I don't think that mm. needs to happen, but we just had to recommend Astonishing X-Men because it's the only thing with a jumping-off point that tells a coherent story sure. within a finite amount of time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and the X-Men so, like, are special. If their case. whole organization did that in season but form, that's, it used to be like... It's in, better for the reader. It used to be before the 90s went off the rails, the 70s and 80s and early, early 90s shit... Each of those storylines does kind of stand on its own. Mm-hmm. You can read Return of the Sinister Six, Amazing sure. Spider-Man three thirty fucking six or whatever it, just, it is, it just, and that's the first Spider-Man comic I ever read. And when they're in, they they it says it's called Return of the Sinister Six. Okay, so six evil people are coming back. Mm-hmm. Each issue will introduce them to me. Mm-hmm. Great. 
How many issues? Do you think I've read 300 Spider-Man? Co- no. You know how old I was? 10. And I'm I could aware. still follow it. I'm aware. but Like, it's just bonkers. Having that, like, read some we have comics- to change it every year or people will get lost. No, they won't. No, they won't. People are watched seven years of Game of Thrones and aren't... Can you tell me what happened the whole story again? I need this to start over. And we just played, uh, reviewed, and we just streamed... One Piece. Uh, One Piece, blood. a game that starts somewhere after the 500th episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's not me being flippant or exaggerating. No, it's literally, it after, literally the after the 500th episode. episode. They're into 700 episodes now. Mm-hmm. Why are we I talking Maybe about? I just let that shit bother me too now, much. Now, I'm a little no, tired just, of all the number ones I sort of the like the idea that there's like just... What's a Spider-Man, like a Clone Saga or something like that? Just it, you just know exactly when and where this took place, and if someone wanted to buy that volume, you can tell people expressly this season, this story. You can't even tell someone like Walking Dead. Watch the third season, none, none of the rest. But like with, within this system, you could you could tell them to buy yeah. these certain volumes. That's why I'd be more in favor of like just stop monthly comics and just have a schedule that is. Spider-Man gets three graphic novels a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care whether they're numbered or not, but it's just like, you want to tell a story? Tell a fucking story. That's great. Yeah, yeah. or that they just say, like, this is the creative team. They're going to do it till they stop doing it, yeah. and then this comic won't be published until we get a new creative team. Sure. Yeah, that's that's what I would like. Yeah. I mean, that's close to what they're doing now, but let's talk about what we've been reading. Oh. Brett, you did want to mention one thing last yeah, week. Yeah, because I, I wasn't on last week, but real quick, I was... I, I missed a bunch of issues in the middle of Carnage. I think the last time I talked about it, it was him in a mineshaft trapped with Man Wolf. <laughs> yes. And the idea of Carnage uh, as a as the subject of a comic book is strange, but I read last week's, and it was just, you know, diving back in, and I was like, wow, this is what they're doing with Carnage? Which is <laughs> turning it into straight-up Cthulhu shit, mm-hmm. where it, it's like Carnage trying to find... I skimmed the beginning, and then as I realized, like, oh, this is actually interesting. I should start reading this and paying attention. Uh, but skimming the beginning, it was more like he's after some relic or some rune that I presume he thinks will give him powers or will do something for him that's good. So he's following these people, and it turns out they're cultists. And then it gets very Lovecraftian, and what turns out like oh, turn like he tries to attack someone, and the symbiote just like dissolves around the guy, and he's like, I'm a fuck, I'm fucking magic. Like this is arcane shit that your alien suit doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's like an alien suit is still biological and based in this world. Like, fuck you. Like my God has nothing to do with that. And he's like, (laughs) what? And so you get to see carnage bumping up against like he, a bunch of people with like spears and regular machetes. And he's like, you're kidding. Right. And then they start attacking him and he's like, what the fuck? Cause they're all enchanted and weird. Yeah. And then they tie him up in these enchanted chains and like carnage is like yelling like you motherfucker. And as they're yelling at him, like, oh, the red beast can't get out of these chains. And he's like, oh, oh, this is for carnage. So he just dissolves the suit, and it's just Cletus. All the chains fall off of him, and then he puts the suit back on, and then he kills everybody in the room. (laughs) And it's just this funny moment of, like, all right, all this arcane stuff doesn't matter to Cletus Cassidy. It does matter to carnage. I don't know. It was just a fun, like... I guess if you're going to do something with Carnage, that's a fun thing yeah, to do. Yeah, the sillier the better with Carnage, I think. He's, he's an inherently silly character. He's excess. He's 90s excess personified. Exactly, uh, yeah. It, he's like, if if Venom isn't excessive enough for you... He yeah. wasn't, though, because he starts so as grounded as that premise can be. Yeah. It's a very good premise for a character. Yeah. And then he gets too popular. But he's just a bigger Spider-Man with teeth, and he's going to bite you. He's not, but with a, he's not with, the T-1000. Yes, he's a T-1000 who's the Joker with no moral compass and yeah. no no reasoning for anything, whereas Venom is like, no, I can describe to you Venom's entire thought process yeah. and why he's doing what it's he's doing. It's a twisted logic yes. instead of no morality. Yeah. Uh, I, well, you know what I read? Uh, speaking of killers, I read Punisher number 2, the second Bucky Cloonan one, 
pretty good, though, in a very, very dark. Yeah, it actually is. Uh, first words, I believe, are smoked hamburger, I believe. It's, <laughs> it's a code word, he's saying. It's but, a Utica expression. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's steamed hams. Uh, boy else. It was, it was really good. Uh, also, the first, the real first issue of Civil War. So there was free comic book day Civil War 2. There was Civil War 2 0. And now we are at Civil War number 1. And uh, where two major characters seemingly are dead. And it's uh, some heavy stuff there. And I'm really hoping at least one of them isn't dead because I really like that character. Mm. But they, the battle lines being drawn between Captain Marvel and Iron Man. And also, you know, I got to say one other nice thing about Hydra Cap mm. is when you see him in team stuff, you're like, Oh shit! What's Hydra Cap gonna do now? Don't like, know. He's there. Well, I can't count on him. Like it adds intrigue to stuff, guys. It it shakes things so up. So he wait, he's still running around with the teams. Yeah, yeah. no he's one a knows member of the team. Yet. Oh, he's, no one else knows. I see. Yeah, but he's in his except Hydra. Yeah, he's in I his Hydra Cap costume, uh, hanging around with him. So you, you've got. I doubt it will impact Civil War at all. So then again, who knows? Hydra but, doesn't know either. Wow, this is so confusing. Uh, so the, the point is that hopefully you got mad though. Oh, I got real mad. <laughs> okay, I got real mad. I made it, I made sure that was one of my daily death threats on the internet. <laughs> uh, so then in the post rebirth world, dear of, Chef Boyardee, <laughs> in the post rebirth rebirth world, uh, the first couple of rebirth books came out this week. I read Superman and Batman Rebirth number one. That's they're in my cart right now. I'm, so Superman Rebirth number one is really good, but it is a weird like coda to New Fifty Two Superman because like. It's literally his burial. Like it's it's mm. and and it also involves pre Flashpoint Superman reflecting on the death of New Fifty Two Superman, and they do their best with it. But it does. Gosh, point, these reboots are great. It, it's, they actually that's one of the problems though. They they cop to it in the book of just like he meets he meets New Fifty Two Lana Lang. And he says, "Yeah, I know you, and I or I know a Lana Lang, and I grew up with her in Smallville also." And then she says, how can that be? It's like really too complicated. It's also a story I don't like sharing with people because it's kind of a secret of the universe. So then she's like, okay, well, then how do you know? Why do you think he's going to come back? I really can't say, but I mean, there's a reason and I'm from this other universe. And she's like, oh, do you know where the Forge of Solitude is? I mean, I sort of had one and it's really complicated, but I could tell you, but I can't. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like it, it's so so convoluted to get around that but that issue is not so much a rebirth of just saying like guys get used to pre-flashpoint superman being the star and the other superman is dead and they're making it seem like he's dead 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 meanwhile batman rebirth number one a really cool little batman story and also introduces a new compadre of his a new was robin now a new type of guy it was an interesting little batman adventure i like that one a little more that's all I read. Other reading, guys? Uh, I read uh, Walking Dead issue 155. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought, that, I thought I we were getting an actual guitar. song. Man, off the energy of that 55. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, okay. Total uh, crater. But I, it was worthy It was worthy of that 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 exasperated singing because it was a good issue. Um, oh, yeah. Like, there's finally some interaction between Negan and uh, the leader of the Whispers, which is a cool little dynamic because he's, Negan has literally been in the basement for, I don't know, like... like Four years well, Yeah, like, I mean, in the, in the storyline... 
for like a few oh, years. Yeah. But uh, it, just reading the comics, it's just been like people visiting him for the last like year or two. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have like a, something and changed there. And now it's there. the old Big Bad talking to the, the new, new Big, Big Bad. bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that that's cool. And th- there's also some cool stuff happening with the survivors. Like, uh, kind of, it, it seems like there, they, there might be another instance where like uh, this person is lying about how, or not lying, but just might, there might be like a dead, uh, soon to be dead person amongst the group. So, Ooh. you know, uh, that, that could spice things up. But I just feel like be- because this is the second to last uh, in this, uh, this, this run of six. Yeah. yeah. Between that and just the fact that, like, it's been so long since there's been, like, a really crazy thing happen, mm-hmm. I just feel like somebody's going to die soon. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's usually how it goes. Sometimes, uh, you know, Kirkman can circumvent that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought they were going to do it for 150. But they, don't, they had, like, some, like, B-tier deths recently, but... Just like uh, I don't know, I, I think it's gonna happen soon. So I'm when I said circumvent, I was thinking back to in the Arrested Development <laughs> when when uh, Job learns that word and, and <laughs> keeps saying it wrong. And it's like circumvent. It means go around the old reach around. <laughs> <laughs> no other readings though, guys. Uh, I just read this Onion headline um, oh, okay. that says "Gorilla sales skyrocket after latest gorilla attack." <laughs> and I have never been so happy. I do love that. I, I I think I've read that one before. I do love that. All right, well, let's get into this week's Ask Hank section. And uh, first off, we got Mark Kelzer asking regarding superheroes with secret identities. How is it that say Harry Osborn doesn't recognize Peter's voice when he's Spider Man? A recent back issue I read made a point of making fun of that we that uh, we could call pulling a Christian Bale, implying that he doesn't do it. Is this just another conceit, like Clark Clint, Clark Kent's glasses? Hmm. I think uh, so. Yeah. So look, it is an obvious silliness to it, but it's been pretty much explained from early on that when he has a mask on, his more, voice is muffled in a way, and that he kind of is doing a performance as Spider Man. Yeah. So his friends don't recognize it. Yeah. It, it's exaggerated, but you know, not to lean on the Raimi movies at all. But there's a difference between oh God. What's his name? Tobey Maguire. No, the Spider-Man. Go- Goblin actor. I'm- Harry Osborn. The actor. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, there he is. There's a difference between him walking around just doing, talking, being Harry Osborn, and then when, when he's the goblin, like, he... he <laughs> Out, am I? Like, he definitely adopts a goofy thing, and it's like, yeah, I, and, and, you know, it helped me as a kid to think of it, as a teenager, is to think of it as, like, voice actors. Mm-hmm. You know, I can kind of tell it's Kevin Conroy all the time, mm-hmm. but there are times when I didn't know that was Nolan North. Yeah. And if yeah. if I if Nolan North was going to go out and be the penguin as an alter ego, I wouldn't <laughs> know it was it. Like I would like yeah. he's so good at that then just pretend they're all great voice actors. I remember when it finally clicked for me as a kid that he sounds different when his mask is on and off is when they would have the classic Spider-Man scenes of him having to grab a payphone and call home oh, and yeah, talk yeah. to somebody and he'd always have to lift up his mask to yeah. talk to do yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. because he would sound different if he spoke through the mask. And then the time he forgets the person on the other end is Spider-Man? <laughs> I wrote a short story uh, that won something when I was in high school and it, oh, the key to it was uh, little kids pulling criminal acts and ski masks but they always use thick southern accents <laughs> and no one ever thought to go look for them. Uh-huh. Ever. 
That's good, the, the second thing in their description. Uh, now you're cooking with gas, Chris. Yep, yep, pretty much. <laughs> good old Gene Simmons Toyota, who has hooked me up with many a free comic book, says... What are your and everybody else's uh, on the show's drawing skills? Did you draw superheroes or Nintendo Power at sub- uh, submissions as a kid? If so, what? Lastly, is there a Laser Time comic in the works, and who's the antagonist? Uh, uh, I want to write a comic. Yes, I think our enemy should be kind of funny games. <laughs> now, but uh, no, that we... I didn't draw much as a kid. Well, when, as I a did. kid, I got super into Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. When Mark Bagley did it, I was like, oh, I can draw it. You draw pointy ankles and you draw the Spider-Man nostrils. But that was like a summer infatuation. Uh, I, and, then, and then also I got super into Garfield and realized like, oh, Garfield's easy. Circle, circle, dot, dot, nose. Like it was, that I drew more than I drew Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I, drew I wanted to draw so bad yeah. Marvel comics that I bought How to Draw Comics <laughs> the Marvel Way. And by Stan Lee. By Stan uh, no, Lee. I wrote all of this, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. uh, you guys forget really that we thick. are in a comic? Yes. No, I did yeah. not forget that. Thank yeah. you, Scott. That's Let's our Facebook that image. Yeah. Uh, but it, that I I wanted to draw comics so bad. I just remember getting hung up on Spider Man. One, I still have a problem with hands. Can't yeah. do hands. So like, I just gave up altogether. <laughs> but spite just trying to draw in his webbing could never. Yeah, I just know. painstakingly trying to get it right. I don't even know how people do it. Had- Todd McFarlane <laughs> actually did a video guide of how to draw Spider Man recently, yeah. and he was very clear, like. The webs go with his head, guys. It goes down with it. Like follow I think the that's, contours. That's why I gravitated towards like a lot of other like comic strip art and mm-hmm. cartoon art because I, I, I could I, I didn't not tracing it, but I can look. I would pause Ren and Stimpy on my television, just draw it, mm-hmm. and it was always pretty okay. Everybody's birthday card had Ren and Stimpy mm-hmm. on it in my family for like three years. <laughs> I practiced mm-hmm. a lot, and I could approximate Gary Larson mm-hmm. and Bill Watterson stuff. Yeah, yeah. I and could, not from scratch could never pull it off. I would not always yet. just like every art project. Like, we have to do a sketchbook every year, and I would always just do the cover of, like, the most recent Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried so hard, because I had literally had, like, four friends who were just yeah. varying degrees of exceptional artists to, not, you know, not not anatomically correct superhero, but, like, a style that, even if it looked childish, it was, like, a stylized childish that's fun. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, shit, I wish I could do that. And I tried so hard in, like, eighth grade to learn and I fucking can't. Not I'm just terrible. Uh, so Tanga asks, do you feel the 90s Spider-Man animated series still holds up today, or should I forget it and view no. Spectacular Spider-Man instead? Go to our Patreon. The, yeah, the 90s <laughs> show is balls. Don't watch it. I didn't, like, I didn't like it then, so I'm not a good judge. I liked it okay then, but it had, like... It couldn't even equal X-Men animated, yeah. let alone Batman, Batman the animated series. Yeah. It it took stuff from the comics. I like seeing that animated, but it's shit now. And it's like not great. with adult eyes, you just see every like there's that's where you see it again. You see yeah, it again. it's real you, bad. Did you have eight dollars to make the show? <laughs> that Patreon like, shit we watched though was <laughs> breathless and exhausting. And, exhausting. Uh, you should watch it. It's yeah, on the Patreon. Ten dollars or more, you can get access to it. Those, guys. those commentaries on yeah. a cartoon every month, man. Yeah. It was breakneck speed. Wow. And lastly, um, I actually have to tap out. Oh yeah, I'll see, see we will you see you, Brett. Thank next you. Time. Yeah, on thirty twenty ten every yeah, Thursday, Thursday or something. That's yeah. what's happening. And the Marvel card videos we're doing on our oh, YouTube. Watch channel. them all, guys. Watch Famous them battles. Whenever you have time. Well, I'm sad Brett has to go because he's missing our first ever audio. What? Ask Hank. Let's give it a listen. I've not pre-listened to this. So. Hey, Cape Crisis. This is Matthew J, aka J Button on Twitch, and Hitler me this Batman on the forums. And this is my audio ask Hank question. Hank, I want to know if you've ever felt embarrassed by or felt the need to defend your purchase to the clerk at a comic book store. (laughs) Uh, When I was 12, I was a big fan of Gail Simone's Birds of Prey and the, you know, shitty 
uh, soul patch arm tattooed dudes at my local comic book stores would make fun of me for buying a comic book that was uh, quote unquote for girls. And <laughs> now as an adult, I buy a lot of Scrooge McDuck and Donald Duck comics, particularly the Fantagraphics reprints uh, of Don Rosa's and Carl Barks' work. And that's also a thing that a lot of people ask questions about because I'm a grown-up buying little kid cartoon duck comics. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think mainly as a as a kid or as a younger person, I I would act embarrassed about buying one with like two sexy women on the cover, or even ones that were just like porn-ish books or ones that people would gravitate to just for the nudity, like Sin City. I, I would feel kind of self-conscious then. Uh, but I think I only... I maybe got judged for some Jughead purchases. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're too old for Jughead. Don't know. do that. I just told that story on bonus time, didn't I? Mm-hmm. I went to Green Apple Books, famous San Francisco bookstore. Alan oh, Young yeah. had just died the voice of Scrooge McDuck, so I buy Mr. Ed... <laughs> and a used copy of uh, Only a Poor Old Rich Man. Yep. Uh, Only a Poor book. Old Man. Only a Poor Old Man. And I go to a bar, wait for my... Because my girlfriend's browsing the records, which takes hours. So I just go to a bar and I open the book and immediately all the women start laughing at me. <laughs> and, I, and I had to justify <laughs> it by saying like, no, nah, I, I just... I'm a big duck. I love this character. This guy just died. And then the good, the, the good part of the story is that when I looked up, like the whole bar was listening to me talk about Alan Young and how, how great a character I think Scrooge McDuck is yeah. and how long he's been around. Um, and how long Alan Young has been doing them, and my girlfriend got to walk in and watch me holding court <laughs> in a strange bar. Uh, but yeah, same thing. Same thing with me, Jay Button, Scrooge McDuck. I, I got, I, I had, well, I hadn't even thought about being ashamed of a purchase like that yeah. and, until whipping it out of a bar. I am in the weird situation that, like, every time I go to my local comic book store, it always seems like the clerk there is a an attractive girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't buy that many things, and it's usually just like Saga. Though I actually recently I was babysitting for a friend. And I was like, oh. Wait, what would this kid want? And I, I bought Bob's Burgers. And when I brought it Wrong. over, the kid was like, I, he didn't even want it. Yeah. But it felt <laughs> a little bit weird getting that. But even that's like not that, you know, it's a, it's a cartoon, but it's an adult cartoon. I, would, so I just would fine. never feel shame in a comic store ever. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm usually looking for the clerk to compliment my taste. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm more insulted when they don't do that. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to last week's question of the week replies, which were how do you avoid spoilers for comic books on social media and the like. Rad Mardigan says, if I know something I don't want spoiled will likely be the topic of discussion on social media, I just stay away for a day or two. Comic spoilers don't bug me too much since I'm pretty, I'm usually pretty behind on everything anyways. Wrestling spoilers, on the other hand, yep. fuck those. John Wihizel said, Usually I don't care about comic book spoilers, especially with Marvel, since they leak events out to major newspapers in hopes of attracting sales. <laughs> but in the case of something like Rebirth, I actively try to just not look, just not look, <laughs> at the articles on the internet uh, for of different comic book websites I visit. But then again, even I got spoiled in by a text from a boss saying, Can you believe this? <laughs> Like, oh, your boss sucks, man. Uh, hey, buddy, you gotta slow down and let me use your car. Uh, they said, I don't really care about comic book spoilers unless it's something I'm invested in, i.e. The Walking Dead. Uh-oh. Why do I... What What I do is mute the podcast, Dave. Sorry if I spoiled something before. 
And Con Ritter said, if it's a book I'm interested in reading, I'll skip past posts as soon as I realize that it's a spoiler. If the spoiler is posted everywhere, I'll read it ASAP. I want to experience the story as intended by its authors. And uh, so this week's question of the week, I'm actually going to take it from Sotanga's Ask Hank. Mm. Uh, sorry, John Wahizzle's Ask Hank. Uh, which was their feeling after seeing X-Men Apocalypse, which they dis, uh, John Wenzel said he disliked more the more he thought about it. Uh, but he said, what, in your opinion, is the worst superhero comic book movie, superhero slash comic book movie ever? If you say Batman versus Superman, pick a different one be, that you don't hate as much. And Batman versus Superman is not my most hated comic book movie. No. Personally, for me, it's Electra. Yeah, Electra is the worst time I've had in a theater. Electra is the most boring. Mm-hmm. It it wastes potential like many do. Like mm-hmm. it's hardly the only sequel spinoff to waste potential, but it is just so boring. Like even Catwoman is just like, can you believe this? It's, it's, it's bad enough to be interesting yeah, and hold your attention. Just seeing and- her like wearing that awful outfit and like purring her lines and stuff, and then fighting Sharon Stone. At least that's interesting. Not Electra. It's a fucking like lost crazy town music yeah. video it's, and relic it's, it's so cheap so like bored so set in the middle of nowhere because they probably just filmed in like Chechnya for a, well, a bunch of tax credits and they, it did something that really drives me crazy when people make movies that just like this thing of you know if you want to do fan service but you hate the fans you just dress up a character once and say look see she wore her red outfit like in the comics aren't you happy stupid nerds but you did. But she was awful. The rest of the movie. She wore a red outfit. You should be happy. Blech. That's I could not stand that in Electra. So yeah, Electra is the worst for me. I think that is Chris's vote too. Dave, I haven't seen Electra. Yeah, so this could be what one you've seen is the worst one you've seen. I'll probably like rethink this later. But last year's Fantastic Four. Yeah, it was just yeah. like so much wasted potential. Like every yeah. one of the Fantastic Four in that movie is a great actor that I've loved mm-hmm. in other things, and they just are so bland. And like it's so small scale and everything, it's just I, I it's like a who su- really, it's like Electra in who sucked out the feeling kind of yeah, thing. and just, like just like kind of like it just ends abruptly and mm-hmm. it's I, I I I don't know I did I didn't like it nope Not, all right so if you have a uh, well a if you have an idea of what the worst comic book movie is you've seen, give a reply to that in the forums. There'll be a link to it on this week's episode page. And as always, you can ask Hank in the comments for this week's episode, which you'll all find lasertimepodcast.com, a home to so many great, great features and words and podcasts and videos, mm-hmm. such as... Uh, laser time this week. I forgot we were talking. Ah, actors, best actors turn directors. You won't believe where Batman shakes out. <laughs> you won't believe um, where. But yeah, we're talking about that. I should have a new episode for you, as always, every Monday. And uh, of course, check out our... I, I think I told that Scrooge story already on bonus time, and you would know that if you were a patron, where you get a, an exclusive, free, uncut, uncensored show every single week. So is, is Ben Affleck the only person to be a director, an actor, and a superhero? Um, two superheroes. No, uh, I mean to do all. Is, of he, is he the only Clark sad? Gregg? Clark Gregg. Oh, Clark Gregg. Clark yeah. Gregg. Uh, uh, director. Yeah. He directed. He's choke. not a superhero. He did. He's a superhero. Jason. Olsen directed Choke. It's a yeah. good movie. <laughs> 
And uh, also, you could watch us watch X Men Two mm. uh, via that uh, same Patreon.com yes. slash Laser Time. Next week will be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah, nineteen eighty nine. We're all really excited. That movie's so fun. And there's the previously mentioned thirty twenty ten. There's also Talking Simpsons, our weekly breakdown of every episode of The Simpsons from the beginning. We just did the Land of Chocolate. So <laughs> I mean, come on, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, did somebody say video games? Yeah. No, Actually, I don't think they did. Uh, but. Uh, I host Cheap Popcast, which now has a live component that is accompanied by WWE 2K16 uh, simulations. It's really neat. Uh, but we also do uh, fantasy fights, and which often include comic book characters. We had the X-Men Royal Rumble, the Battle of Batman vs. Superman. And um, oh, we just did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Extreme Rules match. Brother against brother. Brother against brother. Uh, uh, real, good times. Real battle. Uh, and there's also VGA, Video Game Apocalypse, for uh, regular uh, video game chatter. And also, yeah, we mentioned it before, the Marvel Trading Cards video we've done. Uh, we've gone card by card, hours and hours of it, of the 1990 <laughs> Marvel card. Much. It's so, well, it's it's been a long-running series, and you should watch it all, just like our Kingdom Hearts video. <laughs> So much content that I gotta t- take a breath after all that. But uh, we thank you all for your support. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.